Um, I'm going to, I'm going to make a start. Okay, Grant, you ready? Yeah, let's go ahead. <laughs> so uh, let me just start by introducing myself to you. I'm uh, Phil Squire. Those of you who don't know me, I'm the CEO of Consalia. We're a sales business school uh, located here in London uh, and also with a, with an office in Singapore. Um, the masterclass series is where we invite um alumni to come and join and share some of their research and i'm absolutely thrilled that uh, for this session we have uh dr Gr grant van ulbrich here and um of course grant is as some of you will know grant quite well i think i suspect on this call uh but but um Grant is a, a fantastic exemplar of all the things we hoped would come out of the master's program. So for those of you who don't know the master's program, we, we invite people to do research based on their practice. Uh, they do four small research projects and then they do a final dissertation. And we have for years sort of recognized some of the brilliant innovation that's coming out of uh, the different research projects that students undertake. We had this vision to create a hub, an innovation hub, and for somehow to get our students' work known to a much wider audience. And in this respect, Grant is a great exemplar of that. He's here to share the um, output of his amazing research that he's done on change models. So uh, Grant, welcome. Uh, Grant is, well, Grant, do you want to say a few words about yourself before we get started? Uh, I'll yes. go to, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and it's uh, so humbling to be here with you because you were my, my uh, guiding light and my mentor and my instructor in the master's program. And uh, I'm humbled to be with you and all of uh, the people here today. So to share what we did in the master's program and um, uh, how it's continued on into my doctorate and also into the world today where we're trying to transform sales, but also uh, see how we transform the rest of the world together. So it's exciting to be with you. Um, I am the global change leader, uh, sales leader for Royal Caribbean International. And I'm also the founder of Scared So What Limited. And uh, I think today we want to uh, share the new methodology that has come from the Sales Master's Program with each and one of you. And um, so it's just an honor to be with you today. So I really appreciate it. And Dr. Phil, you, would, uh, you were giving the great introduction. Did you want to share the learning outcomes we expect for today's master's class? Well, for sure. Um, you know, the first one of these is to talk about um, the, the personal change, uh, I think, in the context of the world in which we live which is changing just so fast and so quickly um this topic is is really important but our you know one of the outcomes of this session is for you to to understand what grant has done in terms of his his research and also to introduce you to um a model that grant has developed based on uh, scared so what he'll talk more about it later on um and we wanted to also give some insights into how this personal change model can potentially affect the way in which you coach and develop your your teams. So these are the three key objectives for today. And um, I'm sure you're going to get an awful lot out of it. <laughs> we definitely hope so. So the goal is, again, as Dr. Phil said, uh, by the end of today's session, you'll be able to walk away and put this new uh, change model into practice for yourselves and for your teams around the world. So 
um, not only will you learn something, but you'll actually take away a tool that you'll be able to apply uh, and put it to great use today. So we're really excited about that. But before we begin, I believe we've got a poll where we would we like do. to invite you. Is that right, Dr. Phil? We do. Uh, before we get started, we've got a little poll for you to do. So, yeah, you will be invited to take part in, in various exercises as we go through. We won't just be listening to uh, Grant or myself. So here we go. Let's launch the first poll. poll. And you should see some questions come up on your screen. And we would love you just to spend a few brief minutes uh, looking at the questions and clicking on which answer sort of is most relevant for yourself. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to pause then and invite you to uh, click on the answers. There we go. People are answering quite quickly. All right. Almost everybody. Almost. And we had a few latecomers come in just as the poll was started. So they're probably getting up to speed with what we're doing. So there you go. Okay. So I, shall we? Let, I think we'll end the poll now. And mm -hmm. uh, Grant, I'm going to um, let you speak to the kind of uh, results we've we've got here, which are quite uh, quite interesting. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Right. So. So you we should, should be sharing the results now. Yes. Yep. Can everybody see that, I think? All right. So from what you said, we've got uh, about 81% participating here. People are experiencing change that's happening at work and within their world. Uh, and actually, to a greater extent, 61% are experiencing a lot of change. And so that is relevant because it is the world we live in today. And it's the one thing that is constant with each and every one of us every single day of your life is change. You will face it, you will experience it. So it's nice to see that you recognize that's happening as well too. And then to what extent are you confident that your organization is able to manage change? 6% not confident at all. Mm. Hopefully we'll be able to give you something today to where you can actually change that. Um, we would like everybody to walk away when, with the ability to have confidence that they can affect change at work and within your personal lives and your professional lives. 67% are somewhat confident and 28% are very confident. And that's great. Congratulations to the 28%. Um, and for those that are 67% somewhat confident, again, I hope you walk away with today with a tool that you can put in your hand um, and start to utilize uh, to manage effectively personal change for you and your teams. So how do your teams feel about managing change for themselves? 17%, they don't know where to start. And I think that is really critically true. And in my research, that number is actually a lot higher. So again, but this is based off of perception and a poll, which is good. It's valid. Somewhat equipped to manage change, 61%. And that's perfect. You know best what's within your organization and with your entity and how you have the ability to help people. But uh, hopefully today you will learn that there is a new way to help influence and manage personal change. And you said 22% um, are equipped to manage change. So congratulations. That's great. So overall, I think we've got a good balance right here in the middle that there's still some opportunity to help people. Wouldn't you agree, Dr. Phil? Yeah, I think that um, there are all sorts of um, sort of processes that people have, have in place to to kind of manage change. But I think the results we have from the poll is very representative of what we've seen, you know, with the clients that we work with. So yeah, it's been Absolutely. great. 
and it, it it actually ties into with my company and my organization as a global entity. I work for a global cruise line. And, you know, for the first time in history, we when we all experienced the global pandemic, the cruise industry came to a complete halt. And so you can probably reflect with yourselves, the travel and hospitality industry. You know, we had 62 ships around the world, a $26 billion corporation that we went to absolutely zero revenue. Now that is massive change. Um, and yes, it was personal. And that is where Scared So What, what I'm going to share with you today was born. This was during my master's program with uh, Dr. Phil and the team at Consolia. And um, the change model is something that we learned heavily about, um, but a new process was born and we wanted to be able to share that with you today. So let's go ahead and talk about, about this. I'm just gonna move this here. So I wanna ask you yourself, and I ask this to so many people, what is personal change? And when I ask that question to people, I get a, a heavy mix of confused faces, blank stares, or just uh, somebody trying to say, well, I'm really not sure. And that's really interesting because we need to understand what is personal change, and especially in sales. Sales people and sales professionals are caught in between the organization itself and also the B2B and B2C customers that they support. So there's constant change that's happening to our salespeople and not just salespeople, but leadership and operations and everybody within the organization. So first I'd like to talk about organizational change. And we need to talk a little bit about this so that we can draw out the differences and review this so that we can understand how do we help the individual. Now, organizational change is a methodology and practice of implementing and processing change within business and within organizations. And you've probably seen some of the models I'm going to share with you today that we learned about in the master's program. And um, it's probably something that you are very commonly uh, known about. You have a, a cognitive awareness of what is organizational change. So let's talk about that for just a moment before we go into what is personal change. Now, in the sales master's program, one of my favorite uh, sections is module four. And that's where I really caught on to this. Um, organizational change is where we learn about in leading sales transformation, you have to understand the concepts behind change and change management. And so we were taught about these different models. And you see here, Kurt Lewin's freeze model, unfreeze, change, and refreeze. You see the McKinsey 7S model, which is down below on the left-hand side. Shared values is at the center, but you have in the outer bands, structure, systems, style, staff, skills, and strategy. Now then again, these are the organizational change models. On the right, you see Cotter's eight steps model. And in the center, he's focusing on, well, what are we doing? We're leading change. And the outer bands on the outer elements are the elements that he prescribes that leaders and management people should go through in order to execute change within the organization. And so we learned about this in the master's program. And we kept going with our learnings to see what was the viewpoint on all types of organizational change? Now, this was one that probably is common or more familiar to you. Um, this is referenced back to Dr. Elizabeth Kupler-Ross, the top graph, and it's called the SARA curve, S-A-R-A, -A, which stands for shock, anger, resistance, and acceptance. Now, this is very interesting because there is no true unknown owner or owner of who created this. 
And if you want to know my story of how I interviewed Ken Ross, which is the son of Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, on did she create this? Well, I invite you to read my book because I had an in-depth interview with him about this model. But this version, as you see here, Reactions to Feedback, the SARA model, is accredited to uh, Rogel. He created this version in use of 360 business feedback sessions for employees. Another popular one is called the ADCAR, and this is probably more dominant around the world. And this is Prosky's uh, Awareness, Desire, Knowledge, Ability, and Reinforcement. And this is where I get my most uh, critical feedback because there are so many um, certified and professional Prosky uh, trainers and uh, coaches that are out there. And when I talk about scared so what in personal change, it's commonly pointed right back to the D in desire. And they say, well, this is where personal change is described. And what happens though, you can break the model very easily if you just ask this simple question, what happens when the individual rejects change? You can't go forward with the model. And typically in business leadership, we do not ask those types of questions to find out if the individual accepts a change, uh, if they're on board with a change, or if they agree with a change. Dr. Phil, would you agree with that in your, your experience? Do you see leaders asking those types of questions? Well, I, re I remember our Module 4 grant when we introduced you to the different uh, models that you've kindly shared here, that you sat with your arms crossed looking rather perturbed and sort of uh, ch challenging, uh, challenging us actually with with the fact that the, the change models, the organizational change models, didn't do it for you, and uh, because um, because it didn't address the personal issue, and and so yeah, I think that the 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 whole notion of creating a framework to help people at a personal level, not a at an organizational level is uh, is one that's really worth taking on board and considering which is what you've done now so yeah Good. well thank you i appreciate you yeah uh, and it's not normal that we defy our teacher uh but uh, you're <laughs> right i i sat there in that class with dr phil who, who was instructing along with his brilliant team and it just didn't sit with me and if you look at these models they're brilliant at what they are designed to do they are designed to help to lead an organization and lead change within an organization. But the same goes for the other others as well too. But the one thing that is common is these models are prescriptive in saying that you will get towards acceptance. And in my life experiences, this is where I asked Dr. Phil, um, I was trying not to be flipped, but I was very confused. And my my uh, uh, team members in the in the cohort kind of looked at me like, oh my gosh, what's the American in the classroom thinking? Um, and I asked Dr. Phil, I said, can you accept change? Yes. Can you reject change? Yes. Can you be confused in the middle of change and not know where to go or what to do? And the answer was yes. These models don't reflect that. And Dr. Phil, do you remember what you told me? Well, I suggested that if you didn't like the models that we shared with you, that you should go and create your own, uh, not not realizing that that's what you would do. <laughs> well, that, and that became my research, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, the challenge was on, and that's exactly where we went. So with organizational change models, there's also a common statement that you have probably heard. It is prevalent around the world, 
and some of the, the most respected journals and articles and, and publications that are out there constantly reflect, refer the statement to say that 70% of change management fails. But again, in following Dr. Philip Squires and, and uh, the Consalia methodology to always find the evidence, to always look deeper and look beyond what is just printed or just what's there and try to find the truth, I asked the question, is this true? Harvard Business Review, it, it highlights that this is true. Um, McKinsey Studies highlights that this is true. But if you see what we've learned in the master's program to question the evidence, is the evidence there? There is no reference. It's just a, bl a blank, vague statement. And it is always listed, but there's never a citation of where did this come from. Fortunately, a good friend of mine, Dr. David Wilkinson, who is the chief editor of the Oxford Review, he's also a veteran police inspector. So this didn't sit well with him in his research at Oxford either. And what he did, kind of like myself, was to contact these leaders of global change, these gurus who have made these models around the world. And he traced this statement all the way back to John Cotter. And what he found out that John Cotter actually said is here. He said, a few of these corporate change efforts have been very successful. A few have been utter failures. Most fall somewhere in between with a distinct tilt towards the lower end of the scale. Now you can assess what that means to you, but what John Cotter is saying is a few are successful, but most of them lean towards the lower end, which is failure. And why is that? And this is where I was in my master's program saying, these models don't work for me because there's something missing. So how do we manage personal change at work? And as a sales leader, how am I supposed to influence, develop, drive, um, and drive towards success my own people? I can't use a model that's prescriptive on them. I need to do something that helps them to evolve their own thinking. And what is that missing link? Well, the organizational change models, they don't always work. And we know this now. We've seen the statements, we've seen the research, but the global leaders of change, they've always said the missing link is the individual involved. And it's the person who's expected to carry out and execute the change. And when I spoke with them about my new model, Scared So What? Their response was, Grant, you've done it. You've bridged the gap between organizational change failure and organizational change success because you're including the individual. And so that's what we wanna keep talking about. Personal change, what is it? Before I go on to this breakout session and we start talking with you, what is personal change? Well, it is any change that happens to you, with you, for you, or about you. It's not about the organization. It's about the individual and it's about you. So how do you manage that? And I think for now, what we'll do is go into a breakout session and we'll ask you these three questions. The first question is, to what extent have you been taught how to manage personal change? So we want you to do a little individual reflection yourselves. The second question is, how do you lead change within your sales teams today or for your teams? in whatever role and function you support. And the third question is, what is your internal process for helping your team manage personal change? Do you have one? Or do you ever ask your teams those questions? 
And so, Dr. Phil, do you think we can uh, break out into uh, some different groups here? Yes, I've I've got the room set up. But Grant, I just wondered before uh, before we went into the breakout rooms, because you're addressing this topic of personal change. Well, it, it's obviously at a very personal level, but could you explain the context of this um, situation that you're in at Royal Caribbean? You know, when the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And and what you observed in the organization, you know, with with the news of such a, a dramatic change to the to the business. Absolutely. Uh, Happy to. Yeah. OK, so when we were building this in the master's program, uh, we started in early 2018. Um, and then, as you all know, you lived through it as well, too. In 2019, we transitioned into the global pandemic. I was leading sales transformation from um, Spain with my teams here in Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And we had a large sales force. Uh, we had a big office in um, Barcelona area. And as the global pandemic came through, I had already created the Scared So What model as a part of my work-based learning, and I was utilizing it within the workforce. And what happened was human resources came to me and said, Grant, can you use Scared So What for our employees? Because we're going to have to let a lot of them go. Um, and then this is probably prevalent with a lot of you as well, too. You remember there was a lot of job loss, a lot of transition. Um, and we, too, were, were no different. We lost a lot of our sales force. But what happened was I started to teach scared, so what, to the members. Um, and scared is all about your feelings. How do you feel about the change so that you can make an informed decision? And I'll share that with you a little later. So what is, what is your own so what? What's your plan? And how are you going to execute change in the way you want? Now, as leadership, we totally expected from our experience in the past that people would disengage, people would break away, and we expected a certain amount of work to just not happen while we were starting into a transition. But that didn't happen. Very quickly, people were making informed decisions, and they were telling us they were no longer scared. And people were coming up to their supervisors and leaders and saying, here's my so what plan. This is what I need from you. And then they went back to work before they transitioned out over the next few months. It gave people clarity. It gave people vision. And it gave people the ability to make informed decisions. So much so that the leadership asked us, could we share this with our B2B clients as well throughout Europe, Middle East, and Africa? And we did that. We invited over 1,100 travel agents within the cruise industry to participate and learn for themselves. And I had many discussions with travel agents across uh, the EMEA region who were not only sharing it for their B2B colleagues and their, their, their colleagues within the industry, but they were sharing it with their children as well. And we had kids as young as 14 years old who were utilizing Scared So What for themselves. So it has a wide research base a wide footprint from across the world. Um, and it has dramatically affected our ability to manage personal change at work, not only for ourselves, but also for our customers. And so that was a beautiful test case of how we did that. And I think I think for me, uh, what is what made this exercise so authentic is the fact that you had such, you know, so, so many dramatic issues to have to deal with. Yeah. I mean, some of us in the technology was some of our clients in the technology sector, this was boom time for them. You know, pandemic was actually a good thing. 
Yeah. Uh, but in the travel and leisure sector, my goodness, that really crashed. Yeah. So I think this gives hard. this gives a lot of, uh, I think, you know, it's a credence, I think, to, you know, the quality of thought that's gone into uh, what you've been doing. But we don't want to go on to scared. So what now, do we? We want to yeah. get some feedback, you know, from uh, the group. So I'm going to put you into groups. Um, we'll have about um, we'll have about 10 minutes or so in the groups to get your heads round uh, these questions. Mm -hmm. And based on the numbers of people that we have got, uh, we've got four rooms and I'm just thinking three questions. Maybe we should uh, maybe, yeah, four, four. Let's see. Let yeah. me, I'm just going to re recreate uh, I think we're based on three rooms. There we you have go. slightly larger groups, but each room will take a specific question. Perfect. Uh, so uh, if we take question number one, uh, can I suggest you take a screenshot of this? Or I'm not sure if Eddie's going to be able to put it into uh, the group chat, this slide. But group one, which has Chris, David, Freddie, um, Guilemo, Jane, Michael, Sean, and Signa would like you to take this first question is to what extent have you been taught how to manage personal change? If you could devote your you know, group discussion around that particular question, group two, uh, which is Dominique, Greg, Lee, Ricky, Simon, Wendy, and Will, could you address second question here how do you lead change within your sales teams today and group three caroline daniela diego grant you may not want to be in this group or you can uh george ian and juan if you could look at this third question here what is your internal process for helping your team manage personal change so i'm going to open up the rooms now try and remember your question and uh, we'll come in and, and check how you're doing as you get along. Okay. And Eddie's put the questions into the chat as well, too. So I'll stop sharing. The rooms are created. Being created. Great. And people are going now. So for all of you who are watching on the stream, everybody who's participating in the masterclass is in a breakout session at this moment. And they are discussing with themselves uh, three questions that we gave them. Number one is what is personal change or how are they managing personal change for themselves? Uh, number two is to what extent do they manage it within the organization? And for the third area it is what have they, what, what facilities are they applying to personal change? So they're discussing that right now. So the masterclass is underway and in just a few more moments, we'll be able to bring them all back and hear their assessments of what, how they're using it. From there, we're going to learn a little bit about personal change and how you manage it for the first time with a new model called Scared So What? So I hope you stick with us because at the end of this masterclass, you will walk away with the ability to manage personal change for yourselves um, with a new app. Um, and you'll also learn so much more about the sales masterclass and the sales master's programs at uh, Consolia Sales Business School. So stick with us. The masterclass is underway. Thank you. Does that sound like a little radio host? <laughs> Very good, Grant. There we go. Yep. Let's bring everybody back. Very good discussion. And for those of you who are following us along with a live stream, we're just now coming out of our breakout sessions. 
to where we asked all of our participants uh, about personal change and their practices within their organizations. So now we're going to hear from them. Okay, I think everyone's back. So I've asked uh, room one and room three if they could nominate one person to sort of give some feedback on behalf of their group. Grant, did you do the same in room two? I did not, but that's you a good one. So for group okay. two, could somebody think about who might be able to present <laughs> that? Because uh, there was a great discussion. There was, I'm sure. Well, you've got some fairly outspoken people in room two. I'm sure someone would would take take the lead on that, uh, Grant. So um, shall we start with question number one? Um, I think, Jane, w w was it you in the end that offered to put your hand up? And they... <laughs> I hope the construction work isn't uh, too loud and yeah. <laughs> outside your <laughs> your room there. Could you remind uh, us the question that you were asked to answer, and then yes, and then sorry, just... I took a photo. So our question was: um, To what extent have you been taught how to manage personal change? Um, so, as a group, we had um, one um, person on the call who has attended who has studied on the level seven um okay. so, so um the answer there was slightly different to the rest of us in that this person um had obviously been taught how to manage change as part of their their studies okay. um however the general consensus was that um including from this person um prior to their studies that no one agrees that they've been taught by their organizations how to manage personal change um, we all felt that we'd all come from different situations where we had learned to adapt our own behaviors um, about how we manage change ourselves. So that was sort of the, the overall um, consensus from all of us that, yeah, we've all learned how to adapt. Mm. We haven't been taught how to manage change. Right. I don't know if the other groups would like to maybe put in chat, you know, your comments as well, you know, based on what we've heard. But that's uh, Jane. So well done. And that was without any external interruption as well. So that that was a successful. Very good. OK, so we move on to team two. Um, I don't know whether we could ask someone in team two to put their hand up and speak on behalf of the group. But the others can chip in if you feel. The, Will was in that group as well, too, and we had Lee and some others. Yeah, I'm very happy to summarize, but I'm, um, yeah, I'm sure members of my group might want to chip in as well if I miss anything else. But um, the, the question we were asked was, how do you lead change within your sales teams today? And um, we had a really interesting discussion, actually. Um, Simon um, from Salesforce kind of describes that they're going through a period of uh, a lot of change at the moment and the culture is shifting to one which is a performance-based culture um, and it's becoming a lot more clinical in their approach and a lot of uh, KPIs and KPIs on top of KPIs and scrutiny and it's, it's sort of being um, uh, led from the top so it is it's being changes sort of being imposed on the sales teams um, a lot. And actually it was echoed um, by what Wendy also said at Royal Mail, where they're, Royal Mail's going through a huge amount of change too. And, um, and again, it's, um, 
you know, the focus is, is a, a lot more on productivity and um, how that is communicated to the sales teams is it can be quite challenging. Um, and, and Greg at SAP is, uh, I think, sort of echoed, again, what Wendy and, and Simon both said about sort of change being quite um, quite imposed on, on the sales teams. Um, very much from a from a top down approach, mm -hmm. and then Lee, who's an executive coach in our group, said, um, sort of came at it from a slightly different angle um, to say that change needs to be particip uh, participative, and following a coaching framework is a really um, uh, is a really strong way of helping to manage change. Um, I think. Yeah, Simon, kind of Simon's comments right at the end of our group discussion sort of made me laugh because salespeople tend to have quite large personalities and they um, are quite, you know, driven in the way that they like to do things. And Simon said, well, if you want obedience, you buy a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think... Yeah, it's, I think to change sales people's behavior the best of times is going to, is quite difficult. Mm -hmm. um, so even if it is being led by the top is how that's, um, how people buy into that, how people participate in that change is actually a real, a real challenge. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully I've done my group justice there, but please anyone in my group who wants to chip in, um, Please do 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 stop me talking. <laughs> it's quiet, so I assume seem all good. Well, I must admit, I'm not sure if I can teach my dog obedience, as some of you will vouch for. Um, <laughs> I've been trying to work on it for years, but still. Okay, let's go to room three. And uh, I don't know if you have a spokesperson in room three. Was George voted in or did... I was, yes. I was, I was nominated. <laughs> you were nominated. Great. Come on, George, then. What so, was yeah, the question? The, what was the question? I mean, the, the, first of all, the question was, what is your internal process for helping your team manage personal change? Um, and I would probably start by saying, I think a lot of the kind of comments within our group echo group two's uh, comments around kind of transparency being really key. Um and I'm trying to make sure that as that your team understands the reasons behind change, but the the internal factors and the external kind of um, you know uh, business conditions. The more you can kind of make them aware of that, the easier it's going to be to help them kind of process that change, rather than just feeling it's a a kind of change that's been adopted on a whim by someone in kind of senior management and then been imposed upon them. Uh, and Ian was talking about kind of the the methods that he tries to to teach companies to adopt around kind of going beyond just kind of transparency behind the reasons, but also trying to talk to individuals, get them to kind of work through what the options are about change. You know, here are the here's the situation we're in. Um, we can't just sit on the fence and do nothing. There has to be some sort of change to address the the current situation. Uh, problems or opportunities that are coming our way. So let's talk through what the options are, um, getting them to kind of 
um, volunteer what some of the options are, talk through them, rank the kind of, um, you know, the the positives and negatives to each one and kind of hopefully arriving at the, the same conclusion as what the senior leadership have arrived at, that, you know, this is the, this is the way forward. Um, and in that way, you're kind of giving, giving individuals more agency, um, even though there may have already been kind of a decision made, but allowing them to feel like there is a kind of element of co-creation involved, getting their input on the change and the um, the new strategies that you're going to implement uh, is going to allow them to feel like they are kind of more in control, um, that they're not just kind of being bossed around, essentially. Um, and the other kind of running theme through our discussion, I would say, was that that salespeople are absolutely equipped to do personal change if it's kind of handled in the right manner. You know, they are they are flexible, they are adaptable, they have these skills. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, managing it correctly. Um, but yeah, that, that, those were kind of the themes behind our discussion. Uh, once again, anyone else from Group 3 is happy to chime in if I've missed anything. Is that, that okay, Group 3? Good. Yep, I see some nods there. That's brilliant. Thank you. Grant, I'm going to hand back to you now. Thank yeah. you so much. This is great. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks so much for that participation. This was just brilliant listening to your own uh, scenarios of what's happening in your real world. And I love listening to uh, the answers of the different scenarios because it's exactly what we've seen uh, over the years since I started the master's program in 2018. Um, and in doing so, you know, one of my former jobs uh, prior was leading uh, diversity and inclusion within the cruise industry. And if I think about what the, the methodology and the mantra behind being diverse and inclusive is, it is about the individual. And how do you bring the individual along and make sure that they're engaged in their workforce, uh, in their, their life livelihood that they spend so much at work? And how do you make sure that you get their thought and their input and so that it was behind what I was driving at when I started to learn about the, the change models. And as you rightfully said, uh, Lee even brought this out, uh, who does executive coaching, and she coaches salespeople as well, too. You know, so oftentimes, leadership imposes change, but we tell the people, and there's the key word, we tell the people what we want them to do. And in the sales master's program, it starts off to teach how do you lead that change within the organization? And what my research has uncovered is that the missing gap is the individual. So you can be a, a leadership style of transactional and telling people what you want them to do. But as you have all rightfully said throughout this discussion, that's where you start to meet resistance. That's where you start to see failure. And as our academic leaders and uh, references will show in our, our change leaders show, change will fail. And it often does. And um, um, I hear some of you are talking about major changes that are going on in your workforce today. I hope you pay attention to this next part, because I'm going to show you the personal change model, Scared So What, and teach you how you can implement that into your organization right now. When you do that, you are being diverse, you are being inclusive, you are not being transactional in your leadership approach. You're actually being transformational. And that's where you want to be. If you want to transform your workforce and to how they are going to lead going forward, 
then you need to reach at their level and make sure you're being inclusive of them. And today we're going to talk about that. Dr. Phil, did you have something to say? No, I think you've summarized really well, Grant. So thank you. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start to look at it. What is this new methodology in this new way that we've uh, perfected over with research over the past few years? Well, managing personal change was scared so what? How do we manage personal change? And as a transformational leader who takes off their jacket and who sits down beside their employees, who fosters coaching and who is being a person who is invested in their development and their growth, you want to foster an element of critical reflection. And we learn about this a lot in the Sales Masters program. Critical reflection is the art of giving yourself space to think, time to think, time to make informed decisions versus making assumptions and reactive decisions that we often do so much of today. And so scared allows us to look at your feelings towards the change that you're facing. So that's the feeling side of it. I'm scared of change. And the key here is you don't really have to be scared. This works for all types of change. And I'll show you that in a few moments. But you want to start to become aware of what you can and cannot control versus just living in that anxiety, that stress, and that fear of the change that's being imposed upon you. So you use the scared sub model to break down so that you can understand how you're feeling. And let's take a look at what that is. So scared allows you to start to look at what are you feeling with the change? Now, what we do today, and what I've heard you loud and clearly just say, we tell our salespeople what to do, or we tell our teams what to do, um, and we lead transactionally. And sometimes they reject it. Well, sometimes they uh, don't follow along or we don't get the outputs that we want as leaders. And there's a reason why. And I've shared that with you. The missing link is the individual. And they have not been taught how to manage personal change for themselves until now. So what we do on the right-hand side is the scared process. At the center is you and your change. You are synonymous with the change because it's about you. This is not about the organization. This is about you and how you feel toward that change. And what the outer bands are, those are your guiding elements for critical reflection. And so what you do is you can start out with surprise at the top. And you can say to yourself, almost like a personal coach or Lee as an actual official coach, I do this as well too as a certified coach. I ask people, are you surprised about the change? But the goal is to allow them to do it for themselves. And so they start to say, am I surprised? Is it a positive or negative change? Next, they go say, "Do I uh, am I feel, feeling conflicted about the change or do I champion this change? And you notice there's two different sides of the spectrum of the question, one for positive energy and one for negative energy. Because what we've learned is that people can reject change just as much as they can accept it. So you have to look at both sides of the spectrum. In the middle is what actions can I take? And just like in sales, at the heart of every sales transaction is the actions that we take as salespeople to generate uh, an action to happen to make the sales occur. The same happens to you in your own mind. We want to generate information. So you have to do some sort of an action that could be reaching out to a friend, that could be doing some research, that could be calling somebody, reading some emails, reading a book. But when you take in information, you're taking action to generate information that helps you to make an informed decision. And that is the goal. 
You don't want to be making assumptive decisions or um, as we would say, knee-jerk reactions. You want to actually critically reflect on what's happening. By now, you're starting to become more receptive to the change or getting a direction about how you feel towards it. It could be positive, I'm receptive to this change, but it also could be negative, meaning I'm rejecting this change and that is okay. And I pause there because you don't see that in any other model. People can accept change and they can reject change. And as a leader or a coach or a supervisor or an HR representative, I want to know where my people are in the change process because it could be they're making assumptions or they don't have the information. And as a leader, it's my job to make sure they have that information. By now, the individual, if they're accepting, they're receptive or rejecting a change, I still want them to make sure that they can explore all options or opportunities. It's another action point just for clarity to make sure, did I look at everything that I needed to, to make me be able to have the best decision possible? And the last part is to make a decision about the change that's happening, about how do you feel about it? Now, this is interesting because it has three action points. You can make a favorable decision, meaning I like this change. Thanks, boss. I love it. I'm going to be on board and I'm, I like this. I'm ready to move forward. Great. So what's next? That's where the other models also stop short. They don't tell you how to get to the next part to action the change. But in this one, the person's made a favorable decision. They also can make an unfavorable decision, meaning I reject this change. I don't like it. I've thought about it. It's not for me. But as a supervisor, if you're not asking people how they feel about the change, you may not know. And more often than not, they won't tell you because they feel uh, shy, intimidated, or exposed. And so as leadership, you need to help them through this process. There is a third element here in the decision factor. And I'm, I'm asking you a question. How many times have you ever been in a situation at work or wherever and said, I just don't know what to do? I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know what direction I'm supposed to do. Um, and if you've ever found yourself there, that is called indecision. And as you go through the scared model, we have a quiz that allows you to visually see what you're thinking towards a personal change situation. And in the quiz, if you're stuck in indecision, you will often see actions and explore as being read meaning that you haven't taken the appropriate actions to generate information. Therefore, you're making an assumptive decision to be stuck. And so this is really interesting. If you can apply this through critical reflection, you can now break down the change process that's happening to you and you don't have to make assumption. You can actually stop and think the change through so that you can make an informed decision for yourself. And I'm going to pause there just quickly to see if we have any questions or any comments about this scared process. If you want to, uh, I invite you to uh, make a comment in the chat. If you want, Will or Dr. Phil, what, what are your thoughts about the scared process thus far? Well, I'd love to hear feedback from anyone in the room because we know we've talked in the group discussions about, uh, about the um, extent to which change and transformation is kind of being imposed and whether as you were describing this particular model, you know, the, you know whether you've personally experienced any of the uh, sort of surprise or conflicted kind of issues 
um that have have kind of surfaced you know there was that interesting discussion that we had about kpis and having them imposed and it's more micromanagement to me that sounds more conflicted yeah. commentary than championed exactly i don't know simon if you would like to kind of comment on that at all um I'd like to just share my thinking, actually. So I was kind of looking at this model and I was thinking, what would happen in a scenario where if we take the change scenario, if I'm absolutely accepting of the outcome, so I agree on the cause and the outcome, but the method being imposed to get there, I reject. And I was trying to run that cycle through this model, thinking, where would I go in that scenario? So I'm, you know, I'm on board with the cause, I'm, I'm, but the the path to get there, I'm, I'm not supportive of. I think there's a better way. I love that, Simon, and that's where we're going to see the other side of managing personal change. So this first part is scared. How do you feel about it? Which you just said in the scenario, I'm on board with this. I think I can champion this. So that's perfect. And that's what organizational change models don't include, the individual's own ability to accept or reject change. And the next part we'll talk about in a few moments, so what? So what are you going to do? And that's where the elements that you've just described will be uncovered. So it's a two-pronged approach. I love that. Thank you. Good, good. But the first part is to talk about your feelings. And it's interesting, in our research, Dr. Phil, if you remember... Um, when we we conducted over a thousand interviews across Europe, Middle East, and Africa with our employees and our B two B customers, about well, how do you feel about scared, and so what? Because scared's all about your feelings, and about fifty percent said, "I love it. I want to understand how I feel about the change. This is new, and we've never been exposed to this." The other fifty percent said, "I don't care about feelings. I just want to know how do I get on with it, and how do I do it." That's the second part of that, Simon. How are we going to actually do it? Um, but what they did unanimously agree, which was astonishing, 100% came back and said, you do have to look at both sides if you're going to manage personal change effectively. You do need to look at how you're feeling about it. Are people on board with it? And have they made an informed decision? And so what are they going to do? So I think it's there's some really unique points that came out of the research to help with this. Any other comments thus far? The only thing I was thinking is just that you've personalized it by saying your change. So if it's presented to even a big, big audience, many, many thousand people, if it's directed at them individually, they, they, they'll see it from that perspective, hopefully, and they, they'll yeah. uh, take it more seriously, you know, go through the effort of deciding whether they, they like it or not. At least, you know. Well, and you're so right, Greg, and that's the inclusive part. And when I looked at the research and spoke with the global change leaders who have made these models we learned in the master's program, they said that if you're going to have any effect with your model, it has to be about the individual. And this is not to say that organizational change models are not successful. They are. Actually, quite the opposite. Scared so what needs to be done first with any type of organizational change to make sure that you're inclusive and have your team members on board and to some of your, your your responses in the breakout to make sure that they can feel heard and they can participate. Then you bring in an organizational change model on top of that because at that moment, you know everybody's on board or where they stand. And, and for those who are rejecting change, that's okay. As leaders, as a transformational leader, 
I can have other resources. Maybe I need to get you a coach. Maybe I need you to speak with someone in HR. Or if the change just truly isn't for you, then how do I help you get you where you want to be? Right? So thanks. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate that. Well, I'm cognizant of time. It is exactly like what um, I would expect Lee to be uh, focusing on from a coaching element. How do I coach people through this? And we had 98% of our participants in the research come back and say, scared so what should be used as a leadership coaching model because it's personal and it is bespoke to the individual and how they think and how they reflect on change. So you can use this as your own coaching model for yourself or if you are a leader or a coach, you can also use this in replace of other popular models that we see out there. And you start by saying this, am I surprised by this change? Am I conflicted or do I champion this change? And you can see yourself as a leader or a coach. Well, what actions will you take? Um, are you receptive or do you reject this change? And could you explore any other options? The goal is to help them to make their own decision. So as in coaching, you're transferring ownership over to them. So if I tell you what to do and it doesn't go well, you come back and say, well, I did what you told me to do. Versus if I utilize a coaching methodology and they come up with the ideas, then it's theirs. They own it and they can action it. And that's what you need to happen to facilitate that decision. Yeah. Any thoughts on that thus far? All right. There is, you'll be happy to know, there is a, a, a tool that you will receive at the end of this to help you execute all of this. So you don't have to remember all of this. There is a questionnaire that sits behind scared. So people can take their thoughts and put it into a visual representation in a digital output so they can clearly see how they feel and what their decision is towards a change. And I think you'll really like that. But we have to recognize that this model is not linear and we have to follow along the way people learn. And Dr. Phil, you had a brilliant quote here from Mark Train. Did you want to share this? Um, well, I think this is one that you put up. <laughs> I would but definitely. Teach, yeah, yes. It's, um, if teaching was as simple as telling, we would all be a lot smarter than, uh, than we are. So uh, this is really looking at the whole process of how we learn and develop ideas. And I think when we, you know, those of you who've been on the masters will be very familiar with these concept of, you know, how we think often learning happens is, you know, through the acquisition of knowledge, but actually how we learn is a reflective process where we go through different cycles of experimentation and learning in order to get from A, a to B. And we, we, we call this the, the kind of learning fog it's it's not quite so linear as going from 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 a to b but quite often we go through these cyclical processes uh when we start to reflect on on issues in order to affect change and i i think that uh, in this next one many of you are going to be familiar with this analogy but and we talk about the context here of change and transformation and many of you on the master's program will know that you know, that we do focus a lot on the difference. And I think that Grant's model is one that can sit almost at the center of the change process. Um, the big question that we need to ask ourselves in our organizations is what is the problem we're trying to solve here? Are we 
needing to change and become a faster caterpillar or are we needing to transform into something completely different and i think that the process of how you manage the chaos sometimes in a change environment at a personal level is the question that grant is is posing here you know exactly the, the great organizational models that you expressed earlier grant you know they all stand but it's how do we deal with this change journey that people often have to go on in the moment and i think that this is what's so interesting about the model that you've created thank you i appreciate that and you're so right I, it's important for us to stop and think about this are we trying to implement change or are we trying to achieve transformation and I think that, you know, this is Dr. Phil's story that he told all of us in the master's program. Are we trying to be a better caterpillar or are we trying to transform into something very new um, and a new way of working and living? And if you change, you can always go back. But if you transform, then you can only go forward. And that is the difference between change and transformation. And as I heard a lot of you in the breakout sessions, you've got a lot of change processes that are coming forward. A lot of them are top down. A lot of them are transactional leadership. And I'm here to tell you from the master's research, you're heading towards organizational change failure if you do not include the individual and you won't achieve the transformation you're looking to achieve. So you have to understand within Scared So What, it's no different. The model itself is unlike the organizational change models that you have seen today or what you'll learn about. It is not linear. It's okay to bounce around back and forth because that is how human beings learn. As we've just uncovered the learning fog, it happens to each and every one of you. Somebody implements a change process to you. You don't magically just go, oh, I get it, done. It doesn't happen that way. Your brain thinks and reacts over energy. And like that, it is captivated in the scared process. On the left-hand side, you'll see at the top positive energy. This is for positive change. Think of a change like you're getting married or you're getting a promotion or you're getting a new job or moving to a new house. Isn't it interesting that you still feel anxiety, rapid breath, rapid heartbeat, etc. Your mind and body is still experiencing a massive change and telling you to do something. The same is for a negative change at the bottom, which is negative energy. And it means that I'm not feeling good about this change. And so like the way people learn in the learning fog, you as the individual will bounce back and forth through positive and negative energy. And some changes are just neutral along the way. And over time, you come to make a decision about it. The goal here with SCARED is to allow yourself to critically reflect, understand that you're going to have positive and negative moments, but you want to make an informed decision for yourself. You don't want to make an assumptive decision. And hopefully that makes sense to you. So this is built bespoke for individuals on how they actually think and learn towards change. Where the organizational change models stop is where scared so what moves forward. So once you've made a decision about a change, you often find yourself saying, well, so what? So what does it mean? Or so what can I do about it? And that's where we took the elements of how do you manage change and we made them bespoke for the individual. So again, now that you've made a decision, 
your change is still there. We're not done yet, right? And we're not ready to go ahead and put that organizational change process into place because the individuals themselves don't know what they're going to do for themselves or how they're going to manage the change for themselves. And the key words there are for themselves. So you still need to function as an executive coach, Lee, or as a transformational leader to the rest of you and help people to get through this journey. And you can do that with the so what methodology. This is bringing the model together, scared for feelings and so what for the action. And again, you're still at the center. It's your change. You've just made a decision about it, but what are you going to do? Well, at the top, what's your strategy? What are your strategic items that you'll input to make sure you, your change is successful? Now that's where you can start to put your KPIs and how you're going to support those KPIs that I've heard so much about in the breakout sessions. But then ask yourself, what other options or opportunities do I have? You want to be thorough. You are still in critical reflection and you're thinking out loud to yourself or silently. You could just be writing this down. And once you do that, you then move forward and say, right, do I have a way forward with my strategy that I put into place? If you can answer yes, you want to move on. If you can't answer it, you want to take that critical reflective time so that you can review your strategy and options so that you have the right elements in place. You might need to ask somebody, ask a supervisor, ask a colleague, or invite someone and say, hey, this is my plan. Does this make sense to you? If you can move forward, then we want you to pause and we want you to say, right, do I have hope or do I know how to execute my change? And why hope? Well, hope gives you motivation. Hope is your internal inspiration. Hope is the fuel within the individual to make things happen. If you don't have that, it's not going to happen. And you've seen that too many times as coaches and as leaders. Well, people were just not involved with their own action plan um, or they didn't know how they were going to achieve it. So if you look at your strategy plan and you say, I don't know how I'm going to do this, then you need to pause and you need to reflect on your strategy until you can see clarity. Then you move over and you say, right, what actions will I take to ensure that my change is successful for me? This is about me as the sales individual, as the leader, as the HR individual, as the coach. What actions will I take? And then finally, what will I do to take ownership of my change? That could be timelines, that could be bullet points, that could be emails that I need to send, or it could be something that we often forget. And that is just to say, congratulations to myself. I did it. I executed the change in the way I wanted. So now I'm no longer afraid. I've made an informed decision and I've utilized my own plan to execute the change. If you can get here through scared, so what? And you can have people breaking out with taking their own ownership for change. Now you're ready to apply an organizational change model on top. We're all aligned. We know who's on board with the change. We know who's not on board with the change and could benefit from more coaching or more leadership or maybe a different alternative. And we know how to execute the change going forward. Now we can use the organizational change model to say, how will we go through to identify our, step, our steps together? And this is about you. So Scared So What is about the individual and being inclusive to bring the individual on board with the changes so that you can achieve that transformation. You don't want to just change because you don't want individuals to go backwards. You want them to transform themselves 
so they can transform their business as well. Yeah? Dr. Phil or anyone, any thoughts thus far? I'm just wondering if back to Simon, if if, if this is uh, helping him with maybe some of the uh, sort of actions and next steps. Well, it's certainly sparking a lot of reflection, I can tell you at the moment. Um, <laughs> no, this is, this is uh, Dr. Grant, this has been really, really insightful. I really enjoyed this. It's... Uh, I was just taking a moment just to digest everything that you were just discussing. But yeah, I really, I really like the model and I like the, I think to the point that, um, that Greg made, I love the fact that it puts the individual in the center and it's, yeah. it's, it kind of gets away from, I think that the, the one thing that we called out is that typically within organizations, change is imposed. You don't feel mm-hmm. that you're kind of part of the process it's just being imposed upon you and that and naturally that drives rejection and conflict so yeah i, I really like this um dr Grant. thank you so much simon i appreciate that and ricky you had a good point uh no worries that your audio is not working we're recording this as well so that you can see it later but um change does have several elements within the person which is why the model is about the individual first to be inclusive with the company or leaders, which is why you also need to learn this as leadership within the organization. You need to understand how people think, how do people learn, and how can they get themselves to understand how personal change versus making assumptions. So you're so right. And then adjusting to make change happen with the education or behavior. I think we can absolutely do this once we understand the leadership team, understand this model, and then to put it in to change the behavior, we have the app that allows people to put the ability to manage personal change into the palm of their hand. And I'm going to give that to you now. So hopefully you will like that. Yeah. So as a coach um, and for Lee and for all of us, you utilize the same methodology here. You're asking yourself individually, what is my strategy? What options or opportunities do I have? You're utilizing critical reflection to break down the change so you're not stressing, you're not having anxiety or nervousness about it, you're actually critically reflecting on your own change so that you can take ownership of it. If you're a supervisor like Simon or like Lee as a coach, you want to ask these questions of your team members. Great, you've made a decision. It's a favorable decision. So what are you going to do? What's your strategy? What's your options? What's your way forward? Now I'm leading transformationally. I'm not just being transactional and saying, go get it done and expecting a result. I'm actually leading the result and helping people to get there. So it is definitely a coaching model for us to learn. But there's also an app. So as the app, as I told with you earlier, the app allows you to break it into two parts. An individual can, in the palm of their hand, learn what is personal change. So the first one, they'll learn what it is. Then they can take a quiz a self-quiz wherever they are in just a few moments, and they can take the thought about the personal change and put it into a visual graphic so they can see the results. And as you click on each of these results, it takes you to an expert that understands and explains exactly what each result means. And that gives you the visual ability to see how you are responding towards change. From there, once you've made a decision, you can start to digitally build your own so what plan. And this is brilliant because you can do this with your leaders, your supervisors, your coach, whoever, your friends, your colleagues. And I'll just quickly just show you very quickly. uh, Here's a quick visual. If you'd like to see this overview of the model, it is available on my website. 
This is free for individuals to use. If you'd like it within your organization, just reach out to me and I'll help you to get it there as well too. But it is a, a free-flowing app that allows people to manage personal change in the palm of their hand completely by assessing change and then also making their own so what plan. And then there's resources available that helps them to support the change and make it applicable for them. So I'm really excited about the app. There's also the book that comes from when you do the Sales Masters program, this is the journey you'll be on as well too. And so with Dr. Phil, I also wrote my first book, Transforming Sales Management, which is leading sales teams through change. If you want to affect and facilitate transformation, true transformation, you need to learn how to effectively drive change for people. So you can scan the QR code here and be able to get it, or you can get the app by scanning the QR code there or going directly to the website, scaredsowhat.com. And that gives you full access. And so what I would like for each of you to do is to go ahead and download the app. As I shared with you, it's free for personal use. I want each and every person on the planet to be able to start to learn how to manage personal change for themselves. And then if you would like it at your organization, let's talk together. I will work with you uh, to make sure that you have that so that we can drive appropriate change and to make sure we have change uh, coaching and change leadership successful for you within your industry. So hopefully this gives you uh, some excitement through today's masterclass to be able to learn a little bit more about what is personal change, how do you manage it within the sales environment, but it goes much further than just sales. But this is something that if you too participate in the master's program, you will learn so much more about the sales science and the sales psychology behind sales so that you can effectively drive transformation for yourself. And I hope that you'll scan this QR code as well too, which will connect you directly with the Consalia Sales Business School to where you can see all of the different opportunities that are available for you and your organization to effectively drive and lead sales transformation. And with that, I'm going to stop sharing and I'm going to bring it back to the main screen and open it up to Dr. Philip Squire and to any of you for questions, concerns, comments, or thoughts. Well, first of all, I think we need to thank uh, Grant, you know, for sharing his amazing journey. <laughs> if we could clap. Thank no, you, Grant. No. <laughs> it was uh, really, really kind of you to share. I mean, uh, and... Uh, I think that I'd just like to say a few a, a few sort of maybe final final comments. Um, one is that um, in the book that Grant has written, he not only talks about scared so what, but all the change models that are out there. So it's a really great source of being able to take holistic a holistic perspective of change, and he's done a critical reflection of the different models. So. I would also recommend you pick up the book and uh, as well as the app, uh, which a grant is kindly offered uh, for free. Um, and yeah, this gives you a kind of insight into what potentially can come out of the masters. You know, um, the innovation, you know, is is there because of the critical reflection that we've spoken about. And it's just amazing to see something like this emerge into uh, the marketplace from our students. So thank you very much, Grant for that i think before we let grant go are there any final questions that any of you would like to kind of pose before we finish we're due to finish uh you know at one o'clock but 
any comments uh wendy any comments from wales or i know you're not in wales actually well i don't think you are but uh any comments wendy <laughs> um well, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that that session. Um, I've taken a lot from it, and um, I'm confident that in my next piece, I'm going to be using some of Dr. Grant's. Um, yeah. Uh, so what? Yeah. So um, I'm. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Really informative. Thank you. Thank you. If you have any questions, please reach out to me. I encourage each of you to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, well, let's stay connected together, uh, but also connect with Dr. Phil and Consalia. Um, they've been my right-hand partners here at Royal Caribbean Global Cruises over the past, what, six years? Um, mm -hmm. And they're just a phenomenal resource. And if you have the opportunity to join the, to join the Sales Master's Program, please do. It's amazing. Well, thank you, Wendy, as well. <laughs> um, it's great to see a number of our alumni here, I have to say. It's always great. Um, Ian Lee from South Africa, any final comments or anything you'd like to ask or add before we close? So I know Lee. from my side, I'll certainly be linking to Grant, Dr. Grant. I have some questions just around some of the research that you did in terms of beliefs and thinking, etc. So I'll be reaching out to you to get some clarity <laughs> on some of that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lee. That's great. Okay. Well, I think that pretty well brings us up to the end. Will, uh, Eddie, is there anything I need to say as final thoughts? I always get told off uh, because there's something I've missed. Nothing for me, Phil. Nothing. Wow. Yeah. That's very good. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for participating. And uh, all those of you who are live streaming uh, into this session, thank you very much. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.